Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Hey, today I do want to talk about uh, the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about uh, Pentecost Sunday. That's what today is. And as I said, for some of you, maybe this word scares you. And uh, it's because you grew up, you know, Baptist or Catholic or something like that. And you're like, we ran from those people. And uh, I've heard things about them, and that isn't me. Are those the group of people, you know, that maybe they wear skirts or, you know, buns all the time? And I don't want that kind of bondage in my life. And so <laughs> that was funny, huh? Some of you got it. Where's the drummer? I don't want that in my life. And so you kind of ran from the Holy Spirit, or you kind of ran from from anything that sounded remotely uh, Pentecostal, but I want to help you today, and I want you to understand what Pentecost was and, and why this is, is kind of a holiday, a Christian holiday, or why this is something that, that, that is something that we can celebrate and something that we can remind, really remind ourselves of, um, and it is in the Bible, and that word Pentecost, let me just help kind of take the, uh, the like, off of it, okay, because it has a bad rap, and it has a lot of different uh, meanings that for some, are just not biblical, okay? It's just people have, have said this is what Pentecost is, this is what being Pentecostal is, and, and let me just tell you real quickly what Pentecost is, okay? Really deep, ready? Pentecost was this, it was a day. <laughs> Acts chapter two, verse number one, it says this, and when the day of Pentecost came. And so what was Pentecost? Pentecost was a day, it was a day, and it was one of the Jewish holidays. The Bible actually calls them feasts, and uh, there, there were several major, uh, I, I'm not Jewish, and so if I get this wrong, you know, Lord help me, but there were, there were several holidays or feasts that, that the Jewish people would celebrate, but then there were some major ones, kind of like us, right? We have some, a lot of holidays, but there's some major ones. We have Memorial Day and Labor Day and Easter and all those things, but then there's some major ones, right? Like Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, kind of the three big ones, um, and so there were some big feasts that, that they would celebrate, or three kind of, kind of holidays. The first one was, was the feast of Passover. It was a very major feast. And this would be the feast where they remembered the day that the death angel, and I'll talk about that a little more in a second, the death angel literally passed over them as they were in, in, in Egypt and, and they, were, they were getting free to go to the promised land because they were spending time uh, in bondage and under slavery okay, in, in Egypt. And so there came a point where God said, hey, I, I'm going to save you. I'm going to bring you out. And so the death angel is going to pass over you as long as you put the blood of the lamb on your doorpost and that blood that that sacrificial lamb and the blood of that that will be a sign and the death angel will pass over your doorpost and so there was that holiday and then there was Pentecost and Pentecost was the 50 days after Passover, okay? And what happened on Pentecost in the Old Testament is this is the day where they had the fire and the lightning and the boom from Mount Sinai. If you've seen the old movie, like the Ten Commandments, Charleston Heston, and it was like, you know, and all that stuff. And then boom, crash, bang, and then Ten Commandments, right? Written in the tablets, written in the stone. And then there were people all around at the bottom and the golden calf and all of that. Anybody watch that movie? Okay, maybe you read that story. It's a really weird movie. Um, 
it, it, can leave, it can leave you scared, actually, after the end of it, but powerful truths that are illustrated. And then there was a last festival, and this festival was, was called Tabernacles, and it would be towards the end of the harvest season. And, and this was a promise. It, it, it was it, it, this, this, this festival of Tabernacles um, was ultimately the, the time that they were celebrating from where they had wandered okay, in the land for 40 years. If you know your Bible, they came out of Egypt, and then they wandered in the land for 40 years. They were fed manna from on heaven, and then the harvest of the promised land came, and tabernacles would be when they would celebrate that. And so, you might be thinking, why does any of that matter to us? Because that is very Old Testament. And so, what parts of the Old Testament, you know, do do we follow or or should we follow? And, And the truth is, you know, the, the, the Old Testament, the laws that were written in there and some of these things, they're not something that we practice today. And so it's not the, the practices of these we follow, but the principles we do follow. Let, let me help you with, with this. Even Jesus gave clarity to this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. He said this. He said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law. Okay, the, the Old Testament practices, the law, Anybody know what the law is? The law was the first five books of the Bible, okay? It was the first five books. Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets, basically everything else after that. I have not come to abolish them, but I have come to what? To to fulfill them. And so I want to talk about each of these three feasts, okay, and how ultimately they, they were set up in the Old Testament, but then fulfilled in the New Testament, and then I want to focus in on one of these feasts, Pentecost, and what Pentecost ultimately can mean for us today. And so the first holiday is this. The first holiday that we describe, our first feast, was Passover. And so let me help you understand Passover. Passover was this. Passover, as I described, was this event where the death, death angel would come. And, and here's the thing about Passover. The lamb at Passover, okay, that, that they sacrificed and then used the blood of that spotless lamb to sprinkle over their doorposts, okay, to save them ultimately. The lamb was sacrificed at 9 a.m., okay, And then in Jewish custom, that lamb afterwards would be put into the oven. Even today, as they celebrate the feast, many of them, they put that lamb into the oven at 3 p.m. And this sacrifice, okay, this this festival of Passovers, okay, the sacrifice covered their sins. Okay, I want you to get this. What happened here, this this festival that they would celebrate, the, the lamb that would be slaughtered, okay, then put into the oven, Okay, that sacrifice, it merely, it merely covered their sins. Now, I want you to see how Jesus fulfilled this in the New Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus was sacrificed at guess what time? 9 a.m. Jesus was then put into the tombs. Guess what time? 3 p.m. But Jesus, different than just covering our sins, I want you to see what he does. His sacrifice, it removed our sins. So he didn't just cover our sins. He came to once and for all say, hey, I am going to remove your sins. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take them away. I'm going to take them on myself, and I'm going to make sure that you can have salvation through me and through me alone, not a work that you can do, okay? You might be thinking, ah, I don't know, that's kind of a stretch. You're just, I think you're kind of making that fit in. I think you're just kind of making that work. Well, let me show you in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7. It says this. It says, for Christ, what? Our Passover lamb. I hope you're taking notes today. This is a lot of notes, okay? Just write. If you're not taking notes, take notes today. For Christ, our Passover lamb, what? Has been sacrificed. 
And so I'm not just pulling Old Testament, you know, and, and new and just trying to make them fit. No, they're, they're, they're connected here. There, there wasn't a, a just, just a, a doing away with it. Jesus came and said, hey, I want to fulfill it. I want to show you just how, how, how good I am, and I want to show you how these principles are so important and tied together. And so Jesus came to fulfill the law. And so what does Passover represent? If you're taking notes, Passover, Passover represents this. It, it, it represents salvation. And, and we get that, right? We celebrate that. We celebrate that. We, we have Easter. Okay, about seven weeks ago, we celebrated Passover. We celebrated the fact that Jesus came. He died on a cross. He was put in a grave, okay, but he didn't just stay dead. What? He rose again three days later. And so Passover is something we understand. We talk about this moment on Good Friday, and, you know, we, we often read the story of the children of Israel coming out and, and the Passover and all of that stuff. And so we kind of get that. Um, but here's the important thing about Passover, and I think why why it matters so much in the series that we're talking about, especially last week, we talked about the importance of living. There's, there's kind of two ways we can live. We can live in the tree of life, okay, or we can live in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that there's one way that's all about kind of what you do and what you can accomplish and what you can gain in life. And then there's another one over here that says, hey, you don't have to prove anything to God. What he did on the cross, what Jesus did, his sacrifice, it's enough. And so when it comes to serving Jesus, it's not about this, this have to, but it really can be a place from, from you get to. And God is not up in heaven mad at you and disappointed in you. No, God loves you so much that he came. He sent his son. Jesus died on a cross so you didn't have to live a life of shame, that you could live a life that is fully alive. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, it's not on the screen, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is nothing you could have done. This is not a work of yourself, but it is a gift. It's a gift of God, and it's not by works. Another thing, there's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you could do to, to, you know, to, to deserve it or not deserve it. No, it's a gift for you that Jesus, for God so loved, so that no one can boast, it says. And so that's Passover. We kind of get that. The second holiday is this, three major holidays, is, is Pentecost, right? It's kind of what we're talking about today, the, the festival of Pentecost. And Pentecost was simply this. It was just 50 days after Passover. In fact, that, that word Pentecost, that's what it means. It means 50. Yeah. And so it's actually not a scary word. It's just like a mathematical term. It's like the tie that's 10% Pentecostal or Pentecost is not a denomination. Okay. Yeah, right. It means 50. 50. And so, so how was it 50? Okay, well, it was 40 days after Jesus' death. Okay, and then Jesus said, hey, tarry and wait for me. So it was his death. He came okay, to life. He spent 40 days walking, saying, hey, let me show you the, you know, the, the scars that I have. Let me walk with you. Let me talk with you. Let me talk to you about the mission. And then I'm going to leave, and then I want you to wait for a promise that is coming. Yeah. And guess how long they tarried? Well, they tarried for, for 10 days. Jesus ascends into heaven. They tarry for 10 days. And so it, it's something that so many people, I think, are afraid of, honestly, because I think it's just been packaged wrong. I think we have so much misunderstanding about Pentecost. And so let me take you back to, to when it was established and ultimately how we see Jesus fulfilling it. And so Pentecost, Old Testament, guess what happened? A cloud, it descended, okay? They, they had came out of Egypt, okay? They, 
Mount Sinai, what we talked about, they're going to get the law, okay? A cloud descends, okay, with a loud noise and with what? With fire. God then begins to write his law, okay, okay, the, 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 the way he would want us to live on tablets, and then 3,000 people died. If you know this story right, there was the golden calf, and some rejected God. Earth opened it up and kind of swallowed them up, and the 3,000 people died. Okay, fulfillment. Let me show you New Testament, okay? The Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2, how does it come? comes with, with a loud noise and fire that's set upon each one of them. And in this case, God didn't, didn't write his laws external, but God wrote his laws, laws in their hearts saying this is not something that's just about an external thing, but this is something that I want to do internally now. We're going to put something on the inside of you that actually gives you the power to live right, actually gives you the power to do right. It actually gives you the power to, to do ultimately everything that I, that I have for you. And 3,000 people didn't die on the day of Pentecost, but actually 3,000 people got saved. And so Peter stood up, preached an amazing message after the Holy Spirit fell, and guess what happened? It says, in that moment, that 3,000 people got saved. 3,000 people were added to the church. Old Testament, New Testament. I did not come to just abolish the law, but I came to fulfill the law. Acts chapter 1, verse number 3 through 5. I want you to see this, okay? After his suffering, he presented himself to him. right? He gave him, hey, here's the scars. I'm out of the tomb. This is really me. Okay, he presented himself to them, gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. In other words, I'm not an imposter, but this is really me. I know people that die don't come back to life, but I am alive. Yeah. And he, he gave them many convincing proofs that, that he was alive. And he appeared to them over what? A 40-day period. And he spoke about the kingdom of God. And on one occasion while he was eaten, with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for a gift. Wait for something that I have. This is Jesus speaking, okay? This is after the sacrifice has been paid, and he's looking at the people that are about to establish the church, and he says, I want you to, I want you to wait. I want you to wait on a, on a promise that you've heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days... Guess what? You'll be baptized with what? Yeah. The Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so even Jesus was saying, hey, this Holy Spirit, it's not weird. It's not something goofy, but it's actually something that I, that I have for you, right. that I want you to wait for. That is, that is a gift that you can receive. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And I want, you to, I want you to wait for it. In a few days, guess how many days? Ten days. 10 days, they waited, and guess what happened? It says, when you get this power, this is what's gonna happen. Verse number eight, this is why I'm giving it to you. Because when you receive this power, this Holy Spirit that I have for you, guess what? When it comes on you, you're gonna be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaritan, and all the ends of the earth. Yeah. And so I have a gift for you that is gonna give you power to do what? To be my witnesses. Witnesses to what? What you just saw over the last 40 days. The fact that I was dead, but now I'm alive. The fact that the Messiah has come, has paid the price for their sin, did die on a cross, and now that gift, that free gift, the gift of salvation, the power 
of what we just spoke about, Passover, that salvation, it's available for everybody. And I know it's going to be hard, and I know it's going to be difficult, and I know people are going to wonder, and you're going to need something that is more than yourself. And so I want you to wait, because I'm going to give you something that's going to make all the difference. I'm going to give you power. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and it's going to empower you. You can't do this on your own. You'll be like on a, uh, here's in essence what he's saying. If you try to do it on your own, it's going to be like you're on a, on a lake with a sailboat, but no, no, no wind. You'll be paddling, 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 going nowhere fast. But there's a power that can be breathed on you. That's really what Pentecost, it was like the breath of God breathing on the church in that moment. Power that's going to be like wind in your sails. So you don't got to like be in a lake with a paddle. No, I can breathe into you and cause you to just sail. I can give a lightness to your step. I, I I can give you something that's going to allow you to start this thing so that one day on May, whatever, what's, what's today's date? On May 23rd, 2021, there can be a couple hundred people sitting in Melwood Art Center hearing about me. Yeah. It, it's, it's a power that's going to take my church. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to excel it. It's going to start it. It's going to do something crazy yeah. in it. And so, so what does Pentecost represent? If, if Passover represented salvation, Pentecost, it just represents, it represents power. And so then there was this third festival, and I'll just hit that really quickly, but it was, it was the Festival of Tabernacles, okay? And what this festival did is it did, it celebrated, it was around harvest time, and it celebrated the years where were were, were were remembered, ultimately the years where they were wanderers, and now they're, they're in the promised land. And so um, I want you to see this here, Old and New Testament, okay? They were wandering and, 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 and living in temporary huts, okay? 40 years, okay, as they were waiting for the promised land, they wandered, and this would be a whole sermon for you to truly understand this, okay? Um, So they were wandering and living in temporary huts. They celebrated it during harvest season, okay? And ultimately, they they were celebrating the fact that they were brought to their final home, and that that was the promised land. And so this feast, though, different than the other feasts, is the only feast that really is yet to be fulfilled, this is a feast that, 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 that was celebrated in the Old Testament, but will only be fulfilled now when Jesus comes back. This feast really represents the second coming of Christ. I want you to see this, okay? Because even today, here, here's, here's how it looks for us. We are living temporary on this earth. You're just, even, even Apostle Paul talked about this. You are aliens and strangers to this land, okay? Earth is not your home, but heaven is. We are just kind of passing through, Okay? And you will be brought to your final home one day, heaven, when you receive Jesus, right? I mean, we're all going to go there. It's just whether or not we're going to stay there. We're all going to get to stand there in the presence of God, but it's up to us whether or not we choose him. And so, so this feast fulfilled will be brought to our final home. And there will be, just like how this was at the time of harvest, there will be a great harvest of people Okay, not just a, 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 a harvest that took place in the Old Testament of just, you know, the land and stuff, but a harvest of people. That in the last days, there would be massive revivals. And I don't know if you know this 
or not, and I don't have all the statistics, they change every day, but there are more people in the last 20 years, honestly, receiving Jesus than ever before because of technology, because of how rapidly we're able to spread it through the internet and all that stuff. So there is a harvest of people. So if you're saying, are we living in the last days? I have no idea, okay? Only God knows the hours. Only God knows the time, okay? But this is the feast, okay, that is yet to be fulfilled, but one day will be fulfilled when Jesus comes back, okay? It's actually, many of them refer to it as the feast of trumpets, be the loud trumpet. Jesus will come back and he will catch us all up and we'll go with him. He'll catch up the bride and we'll get to spend eternity with him. And so the tabernacle, if Passover represented uh, salvation, and Pentecost represented power, the tabernacle, it represented just the second coming of Christ. Okay, I know that's all really heady, but you have to understand these, right? You have to understand the power uh, of one thing to really know why it's important today. And so this can be, this can be overwhelming, okay? But honestly, here's, here's what I, I said it a while ago. Here's what I really believe. I believe for, for most of us, we get Passover. We get salvation. And for many of us in this room, we get tabernacle. Okay, we get the fact that one day we will all die and our hope is to go to heaven, spend eternity with him, okay? But this one in, in the middle can be really confusing, but here's what you gotta know. You're not alone. In fact, even in the book of Acts, when it came on them, there was confusion. Acts chapter two, verse number 12, it says this. Some were amazed, some were perplexed, and what did they ask each other? What does this mean? I get it. Because if you're not, if you've never been around it, you've never been exposed to it, you have no idea what it is, you're probably asking the same question. What does this mean? Does this mean I talk in tongues and swing from chandeliers? Does this mean I, you know, don't go to the movie theaters and don't wear shorts and that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't think like that? What does it mean? What does it mean? Well, here's what it meant. I'm going to say it again. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit in that day, it just represented simply this. Power. Yeah, right. Power. And so I want to talk about, for just the next 10 minutes, short message today, the power that, that is available to you, that, that God actually wants to empower you. That there is, there is a Holy Spirit that just like on the day of Pentecost came down and sat on each one of them. That's available for you today. And it's available for you to give you power to empower you to live a life that is, is much greater than you could ever live on your own. See, this church, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to do what we're doing. None of us are good enough, talented enough, singers, preachers. No, we need the Holy Spirit that empowers us to be better than me, okay, better than myself, to put something on me that when you walk in, you're able to say, I don't know what it is, but there's something different about that place. See, it wasn't the lights and it wasn't the LED wall because that crashed down this morning. I don't, you know what I mean? It was just... Portable church, everybody. <laughs> You're like, where's the wall today? <laughs> we need something more than all that. Yeah, yeah. We need the power of God. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's what changes lives. That's what makes a difference. And so what does the Holy Spirit empower us to do? When you get the Holy Spirit, three things really quickly, if you're taking notes, that I think the Holy Spirit can empower you to do. The first is this, the Holy Spirit empowers you, I believe, to live righteously. You know, Pentecost was about the giving of the law, right? This, this external law. Here's how this works. Do this, God likes you, right? Follow this, follow this way. And, and what I've found with Christians that can be, um, can be a dilemma sometimes is we give our lives to Christ and then, have you ever noticed sometimes how, how you give your lives to Christ and you're like, man, this is hard. Because we're trying to follow this, this like external word. And we're trying to say, God, I'm, I'm trying to obey. I'm trying to read all this trying to live this way, but I, I just, I'm struggling. Be because the reality is this, like all of us, no matter how good you are, you, you're not good enough to just do this on your own, right. to just get all this stuff figured out and just say, I, I'm good, I'm holy, love my Bible and I can do everything in it. No, no we need something that, that, that is more than just just an external word, but we need a, we need a Holy Spirit empowerment that says, says, I'm not just writing. Remember, it's not the doing away, it's, it's the fulfillment of. It's not just about an external thing now, but I wanna write something on the inside of you. See, what I found when I invite the Holy Spirit into my life, he begins to write his laws on my heart. He begins to write something on the inside of me that helps me live supernaturally. That helps me live in a way where it's not like, oh, I don't want to, but I'm, it's just so hard. When, when, when I invite the Holy Spirit on my life, something takes place on the inside of me that's like, it's like a whisper that says, I got this, I'm with you. You can do this. I, I wanna lead you, I wanna guide you, I wanna help you. I know this is difficult, but I got you. I got you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put something on side of you that actually want, uh, wants to help you live right. There's something that can come in, and I, I'm trying to put the words to it, but it's really this, something that comes in and gives you the desire to do what is right, that gives you the desire to live a holy life, that gives you the desire to follow God's word, that gives you the desire to push away drugs, gives you the desire to push away premarital sex, gives you the desire to push away pornography, gives you the desire to say, God, I just need you. And when I get more of you, the desires of this world pass away. And the desires that you have for me, they help me to just live a righteous life. That's what the Holy Spirit is about. You've been trying to do it all on your own, trying to figure out how I can do this. And you're tired and you're frustrated and you're like, this is hard work. Yes, it's hard work without some power coming on the inside of you saying, I will help you. It's Pentecost Sunday, so I can get excited. Sorry. Here for the first time. Romans 8, 9 says this. You, however, are controlled not by a sinful nature, but by the Spirit. You, you want to know how you're not controlled by a sinful nature? 
is when you are controlled by the spirit. Spirit of what? Of God that wants to live on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit wants to live on the inside of you and empower you to live this life. Without the Holy Spirit, you're gonna be trying to follow God and you're gonna be like a sailboat in the sea, just paddling. This is hard. This is tough. No, let God come breathe on you and say, no, I got you. I got you. I think the second thing the Holy Spirit does is it empowers you to live supernaturally. Well, there he goes, talking about miracles. We believe in miracles. They didn't stop at the Bible. I don't know what theology you've maybe been taught that you're like, nope, that stopped at the Bible. No, miracles are alive today. God can heal your body. God can do more than just save you, bring you to heaven. God can touch you. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen God heal the sick. I've seen God open wombs. I've seen God take a drug addict and turk, turn his life around. I've seen God restore marriages that were on the brink of divorce. There was no way out. There was no hope. They said, hey, we're leaving today. And I've seen God turn situations back around. Holy Spirit wants to empower you to live a life that is supernatural, that is beyond your ability. Even Jesus needed this. Fully God, but yet fully man. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says, and even this. Did you know that God anointed Jesus? That God anointed Jesus with what? The Holy Spirit. Spirit. Even Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. Fully God, fully man. God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with what? Power. 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 Then Jesus, what did he do? He anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then what did he do? He went around doing good, healing all those that were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. There is something that you can receive today that even Jesus received. An anointing that wants to come on you. It's gonna allow you to go around laying hands on the sick and they will recover. It's gonna allow you to go around praying for people and it not be power in you, but it be the power of God through you that does something. God was with him, was with him. And here's the amazing thing. I see that and I think, wow, that's so awesome. And then Jesus kind of flips the script and he said, you think that was awesome? What I wanna do with you when the Holy Spirit comes on you is even greater, it's even greater. No, 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 I don't know if I believe that. John 14, 12, verily, verily, I tell you, whoever believes in me, guess what you'll do? You do the works that I have been doing and you'll do even greater things, even greater things than these. Everything you read about in here, God has greater for you. God has more. God has great things for you. Everything you've seen Jesus doing, he said, you can do the works that I have been doing, but you can do even greater. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you can live a spirit-empowered life, a supernatural life where you can walk around doing greater. 
I know this is maybe for many, you're like, just soaking it all in. Maybe you never heard this. You thought, you thought the Holy Spirit was just about the gifts of the Holy Spirit that get so messed up and confused, right? The last thing the Holy Spirit wants to do is, wants to do this. Wants to empower you to live a life on mission. Live a life on mission. See, the real power that happened that day was when the Holy Spirit came on them, the church was born. The church was born. Because it gave them power, and Peter stood up in that power, and 3,000 people got saved. Even Paul said this, our gospel came not to you simply with words. As he went, started churches, led them, encouraged them, equipped them. So the gospel we're giving you, it doesn't come only with words, but it it came with a power, with Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. And with deep conviction, not condemnation, that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but the conviction where God actually makes you want to turn another way. And so, Peter, he stood up on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, and he said this. He said, repent, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus, for what? For the forgiveness of your sins. So, so get right with God. And then guess what? Receive. Repent and be baptized. Get, get salvation, right? And then receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise, it's for you. It's for your children. And it's for all those that are afar off and for all those what whom the Lord our God will call today today maybe you've given your life to Christ you've been made right with him heaven is your home you will celebrate that tabernacle feast one day the feast of tabernacles right Passover you get that but there's a power available to you today that wants to help you while you're here on earth make it not so hard. But more than that, help you bring a whole lot of people with you to heaven. We're just passing by right now. This is a temporary home. And our goal is to gather people to go to heaven with us. And you can't do it on your own. But there's a power. Wants to help you live righteously. Wants to, wants to be released through you in your home and on your job, in your friend groups, to see the supernatural presence of God move. And it's not weird when God does it. If it's weird, it's been because it's us sometimes. And then he wants to help you live on mission. 
where we can, we can do the thing he's called us to do, fulfill the great commission. And so here's the thing. I want every one of you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's what I'm not saying, okay? Like, is he saying if we are, then we're better? No. Again, the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you or better than any other church or whatever, but the revelation of it will make me better than me. It'll put something inside of you. It just helps you live this life. And so with every head bowed, every eyes closed all over this room, if today you're like, you know what? I've been really confused about the Holy Spirit. Nobody's ever taught me on it. I've never really heard that. I hope today that God spoke to you. I hope I was able to present what can sometimes feel really complex in a, in a, in a way that is, is simplistic enough where you can understand it. But I also want to do something in this moment, and I, wanna, I want you to understand just how, how simple it is to receive it as well. So you don't have to come up here and us lay hands on you and spit in your face and, you know, all those things that maybe you thought receiving the Holy Spirit was to, to receive it. No. Peter says to just receive the gift. You know how you receive the Holy Spirit? You simply ask for it. And then you receive it by faith. The same way you receive salvation. And so it's really easy to walk out of here today empowered. To live a righteous life. For there to be an ease in your step to allow something supernatural to flow through you, to live a life on mission. And it's simply saying, God, I receive the gift. The gift, it's what it is. Heaven is your home, okay? This is not gonna, it's not a heaven or hell salvation issue. Salvation was what Jesus did on the cross. That was enough. No, this is a get to not a have to. Heard it described one time, it's like, like kissing your spouse. You don't have to, but you get to. So why would you not want to? Today, it's not a have to, but it is a get to. And it happens when you just say, Jesus, I receive your Holy Spirit. And then you walk out of here with the faith that it is alive in you and ready to move. So Father, right now, just pray that you would open the hearts of this room just like you did on the day of Pentecost to receive a gift that is available for them. And if that's you today and you're like, I, I wanna receive the Holy Spirit, I just wanna ask that you put your hands out in front of you like you're receiving a gift. Just open your palms and you would just say, Father, I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive it. Empower me. Give me power that is <laughs> above me. Give me your spirit in my life. I receive it in Jesus' name. Maybe you're in here in this room today and 
the step that you need to take is actually to understand the, the power of salvation in your life. That you gotta get the first one right, that heaven is our final destination one day and God has given us a way to get there and it was through his son Jesus. And he covered our sins once and for all as he shed his blood on the cross. He was the spotless lamb. Today, if, if you are like, you know what, I want heaven to be my home. I don't wanna just try to hope I'll get there one day. No, I wanna receive Jesus today as my Lord and Savior. The Bible says anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so just like those a minute ago, just say, Jesus, I receive you. You can do the same right now in the salvation moment. Just say, Jesus, I receive you. I receive the blood that was shed for me. I believe in my heart that you are real and alive. I confess with my mouth that I've been doing life my own way, but I'm ready to do it your way. God, save me. I repent of all my sins. That's you today, and you're ready to receive Jesus with nobody looking around. I'm gonna call you out, ask you to stand, come to the front. But I would like you to just slip up a hand. It's not for us, but it's really for you, just a sign of today, Jesus, I'm giving you me. See, we don't need the hand raised, but I think ultimately you do. Because as you raise that hand, you're staking a flag in the ground, saying today I'm giving you my life. Thank you so much. I see your hands, you can put them down. Would you pray this with me? You don't have to pray it out loud, but if you raise your hand, would you say, Jesus, I give you all of me for all of you. Today, come into my heart. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, everybody. Let's celebrate those that gave their lives to Christ. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.